Happy Hour, a weekly careers podcast where we talk about work life from the perspective of two real people. Forget the hustle, we're here to live life well and enjoy work. So join us for a drink, a cuddle, and some super authentic work chat with your hosts, Brittany Bowering and Penny Blackmore. If you like the show, please rate and review it. This would really help others find it and would just generally make us happy. Mm. And also stay tuned till the end of the episode when we will give you our resource of the week. What could it be? Who knows? Um, And just a little shameless plug for my boyfriend, Max. He's a podcast producer and sound designer. And if you want to get your podcast made beautiful like ours, then you can get in touch with him. The good news is you can record it in any situation. And somehow by the magic of sound design, he'll make it sound actually decent. Yeah. And he'll, although he'll really crap on you about it. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> he might tell you what's up. Max is always like, Penny, Penny, Penny. But one of my favorite things in the whole world is when Penny actually um, impersonates her boyfriend and gives him the voice. <laughs> everybody, it's funny because everybody loves that and all of his friends are like, how would Max say it? But he is like, he's like, that's not what I sound like. And I'm like, that's, everybody, not, what that's like. not what I sound like. But he's got a very deep baritone. He does have a very deep yeah. voice. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. Enough about Max. He's enough a great guy. He's a good kid. He's a great Should kid. Should we have a little, a little cheers? <laughs> it's a real, it's got a, an echo to it. It does. It's quite intense. Um, Penny, how are you? Oh, What's I am up? grand. Yeah. I'm really grand. I've had quite a busy week, yeah. which is uh, incredible. Um, went to Copenhagen, met some really great people, doing some exploring at the moment, which is really fun. Um, but actually, have you listened? So you know the show Queer Eye for a Straight Guy? Uh, oh, no, sorry. It's just called it's Queer just Eye Queer now. Eye now, yeah. So um, <laughs> they obviously like Jonathan Van Ness is like – the he's, key character on that show. He's the bee's knees. He's the reason anybody watches it. But in case you didn't know, he has got the greatest podcast called Getting Curious. Um, I've heard of this and I haven't listened to it it's yet. It's so fucking enjoyable because he has just got personality up the wazoo. He has so much personality. It's insane. I You just topple off your chair. You just seize up. And topple off your chair. One of my favorite things ever, and I like shamelessly watch these, and mm. my boyfriend Philip's always like, what are you watching? Because his Instagram is yeah. hilarious. Yeah, he's and adorable. And he learned how to figure skate and does these epic figure skating videos. He's very good. And he's so good. He's also very good at yoga. Oh, I mean, yeah, he is really good at mm. yoga. And he has all these videos of him doing these like incredible things. And he's just, he's a very kind of like, sh- like, I don't give a shit. Here's who I am. And oh. this is what you get. So just take it or leave it. And I, I find love him that. very, yeah, I find him very inspiring for that reason. Yeah. And I think he's one of those people who, if you just listen to the way he speaks, maybe he sounds dumb. Yeah. But he's a very smart guy. Like, totally. He, he's uh, getting curious podcast tackles everything from like, climate change to queer identity to um like the the episode I listened to was about what does a district attorney actually do and like he's really good at driving an agenda without being so specific about it so you get this really interesting like political insight anyway he he has a fun way of talking about really serious shit um but I think um yeah, he's just he's just great, and I feel like listening to him it just makes me smile. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he's so chill, and I think like that kind of style for a podcast, like very friendly, very personable, 
um, it, it's been a big inspiration for me personally. Yeah, absolutely. So what about the actual show Queer Eye? Have you watched the second season all the way I have through? watched all of the seasons. Yeah. 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 So, um, by the way, I was a big fan of the first Queer Eye. Mm. Um, you mean like the first one back in the day? Back in the day. Oh yeah. 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 Big yeah. fan of that. Mm. Um, and then when they brought it back, I was very hesitant. I yeah. was like, I don't think so. But it's better now. It's it's very, very good. It's even better. And I love the way it's not just for a straight guy anymore. It's, it's for all kinds of people. 100%. I really want to nominate some people for Queer Eye. <laughs> it's so funny because I said to, like, when whenever we watch, like, so I'll put it on and then my boyfriend's, like, in the room and he just sort of, and he, but it's hilarious because he, like, he really tries to, like, not like it, but then he gets, like, sucked in and, yeah. of course, he likes it because it's a great show. Yeah, it's just, there's so much goodness there. It's, like, touches on all the things that make you feel good as a human. Totally. But the funny thing is I'm always like, I'm always like, oh, it's so interesting. Like, I wonder how this, you know, cause there'll be like two people who like live on a farm in the middle of nowhere. And I'm like, I wonder how that person, like how, why they thought to like nominate, you know, their partner. And <laughs> Philip was like, Brittany, it's a casting. They've literally scoured America <laughs> for like these weird people so that it will be an even Aww. greater. And I'm like, oh, you're right. Like he's so, he brings so much reality to yeah, it. It's almost yeah, too yeah. much, you know? I'm like, <laughs> oh I lost it lost a little bit of its like yeah love, it's know? like uh I used to uh one of my students at General Assembly used to be a food stylist mm. um and they worked on some of the big Australian food shows like MasterChef and My yeah. Kitchen Rules and so on and they were like Penny the contestants aren't making that food and I'm like yeah what <laughs> You're fucking kidding me. Come and, on. Yeah, apparently like the food is like stone cold by the time they get to the judges so and everything. Funny. I love those insider things. Yeah. Like I I honestly, yeah. I, yeah. I would actually love to – here's a podcast idea. Somebody do it. Okay. But just like insider information about weird jobs that you never knew existed. Like That's a great. food stylist or a personal shopper yeah. or a hotel tester. Or um, a hand – model makeup artist <gasps> a hand model <gasps> do you, you remember that episode of Seinfeld where George is a hand model and it's like his that, big break you know that I have been a hand model are right? you fucking serious have I never told you this story no okay very quick tell I me tell you. you don't have to be quick okay so here's the thing this is actually, I mean, you're going to love this. I cannot believe I haven't told you this. I'm, I'm pretty upset I'm a to be bit honest. Embarrassed. So <laughs> the thing is, um, when I first met Philip, I was his English teacher. Okay. This is how it all started. So I was his English Sounds teacher. Sounds like the start of a porno. Yeah. <laughs> doesn't it? You've got like really thick rimmed glasses and a little plaid yeah. skirt. You just nailed it because that's literally a joke I tell <laughs> in exactly that way. Oh, like, Compare it to a porno. It's funny that Love you said it. that though. Mm. But anyway, so I, um, uh, yeah, so I met Philip. I was his English teacher and he is in advertising, video advertising. And he had a shoot coming up where it was for like a cell phone kind of like an app. So they needed whatever, like some someone to be holding this cell phone. We're in the middle of an English lesson and he's like, he gets this phone call, this urgent phone call and he has to take it outside, you know, and he comes back and he's like, my hand model just uh, canceled on me for oh tomorrow's God. shoot. Yeah. and then it Because was, they just have so many bookings. Well, this is the thing. This hand model is in hot demand. Full diva. Oh. And, uh, and it was really funny because I literally remember him then like looking at my hands and I've never felt more like scrutinized. Yes. I yeah. was like, oh my God, how do my hands look right now? Like he's looking at them. And it was so funny because he was like, what are you doing tomorrow? And gave me this and I was like, what? And it's my like, first ever modeling gig. It was 
hilarious. And so I, I mean, I literally said yes to this because I thought it was so funny. I was like, I have to do this. Oh yeah. Like it's weird and I love it. So I went, I showed up at the shoot, right. And there was a makeup artist there for my hands. Oh my God. What did they do? They like, they put actual makeup on your hands. They put like, like, um, like kind of like a cover up as well Mm. as some powder. They like, you know, of course, a bit of a manicure, like a quick Mm. manicure kind of thing. But they, they're like on call there during the whole shoot while I'm like holding the cell phone. To do touch ups and stuff. And what's hilarious. Brittany part-time hand model. I'm telling you, I really thought I had something going, but then I got, I start to get dry skin. So it's all over. Yeah. Yeah. I have ugly hands. Here's the thing though, (laughs) my favorite part of this whole story that I always tell people, because this is just the highlight, Mm -hmm. is the fact that after um, this hand model shoot and after the delivery to the client, right? The client gets this video, whatever, and uh, that their literal feedback details didn't they? Their feedback, Penny, was um, the the hands they they look a little bit androgynous. (laughs) (laughs) They were like, we're not sure about. The hands. Everything else is good, but the hands. The hands. They need to be more feminine. Yeah. Oh, for fuck's so sake. I, I love that so much. And Aww. then like, and then Philip had to like sell them the fact that like they went for the androgynous look because they wanted to, you know, keep it like, you know. Gender neutral. Gender neutral. Exactly. Good oh, on you, Philip. Funny. Really, yeah. really defending the hand talent. He's very good with clients. He's hilarious. Oh my God. Yeah. I can't believe I never told you that. Ah, love it. Yeah. And then I'd there, like to see the pictures, frankly. Yeah, I know, right? Well, it's all mm. in a it's all in video and I did a very fabulous job. Of course. Um, after this, after I was the hand model, that is when we actually started dating because I think the- that really got you over the line. It really did. When you showed your modeling prowess and professionalism. I mean, that just, he your was ability like- to turn up, show up, do the. <laughs> I mean, and he couldn't resist me after he saw my hands. Look on at these camera. hands. <laughs> Look what they could do to you. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, you took Maybe it there. That's a bit much. I like that you took it there. That's really good. <laughs> oh, God. Anyway, okay. Um, so what, what else have we got on? Our, okay, so another note I have here is um, do you guys – do you guys over there on the other side of the microphone, our audience, our avid listeners, mm-hmm. do you know about psychological safety at work? I mean, I don't really. Mm-hmm. So I'd love to know. Okay, great. So basically psychological safety at work is – um, it's an idea that essentially managers and colleagues have to create an environment for you to be able to just be your authentic self at work um, and also fail. Yeah. So that it's like creating a safe space to fail, succeed, um, have opinions, et cetera, et cetera. And um, essentially a lot of workplaces at the moment are finding that um, – the more psychologically safe your workplace is, the more successful the outcomes are. So like if um, a boss is kind of like pitting colleagues against each other and creating Mm. an ultra competitive environment, that's actually, it's an old fashioned notion that doesn't work. Like according to data and science um, and all this smart people at like the Harvard Business Review, this is not the way that you get the best out of people. And what happens is, if it's like an unsafe workplace for people to just be themselves, then um, more introverted or shy characters tend to like retreat into themselves, not put really great suggestions out there, not like yeah. uh, go for the, for the you know, like go for gold really. Yeah. It just like makes loud people louder and quiet people quieter. So I'd love to know, like actually I'd really love to know if anyone has any stories about this because it's kind of a new concept. So if you just want to email us and tell us all about it, we'll read your little letter out 
on the show. Yeah. Um, because I, I'm really interested in this idea. Have you this ever had super, an experience like this, Brittany? I mean, this is super interesting because it's one of those things where you're like, I didn't think it was a thing until someone was like, oh, that's a thing. Mm. You know what I mean? Like now I'm thinking back at all of my kind of work history and Mm. I'm like, oh, there were many times where I just, I literally felt anxious at work because I felt like um, my boss or my manager was constantly like scrutinizing you. Yeah. Comparing me to someone else at work. Yeah. Or being like, oh, this person actually Mm. is is really great and blah, blah, blah. And they do this and you don't do that. You know, those kinds of things. And that for me, and I remember having this, this feeling, um, uh, a little while ago is like, I mean, some people are motivated by different things, right? Like people are motivated in general by different things. Mm -hmm. And some people get really motivated when you like put them down or when you, when you're like, oh, you can't, I mean, very few, Mm. or at least (laughs) my face just then was like, girl. But what's super interesting, what people, you know, what's really funny is actually, maybe it's not people. Maybe it's literally I've seen in movies. You know what I mean? Like I've seen in movies when people get put down, like I'm talking about like the most classic examples, right? Where it's like a coach is like, you can't handle this. Yeah. Yeah. And then all of a sudden that person like comes through and like is the best they've ever been, blah, Mm. blah, blah. But I've never seen that actually work. Do you know what's funny, Brittany? I reckon I went to the Olympics because of that very thing. Like everyone, like I really got shat on by the gymnastics community. They were like, you've got the wrong body. You've got the wrong face. You're, you're not good enough, blah, blah, blah. And so like, I was just like, fuck you. Yeah. I have, I'm going to do it to fucking ruin your life, to ruin your understanding of like what this is all about whatever yeah that is really interesting but it's never worked for me since because I have self-respect now yeah yeah (laughs) um so if someone like thinks that they can it's kind of like um this negging thing remember a few episodes ago we're talking about this idea of like guys coming up to you and being like oh I like your dress uh it looks better on that girl though like kind of insulting you to get like that doesn't work on people who respect themselves, does it? Yeah, or are a little <laughs> bit more mature. Mm, yeah. Understand the world a little bit. Yeah. That's really interesting. Yeah. I Because uh, I always had that feeling like, oh, well, maybe some people are motivated by that. Maybe mm. some people are like, I'm going to come back. I'm going to show them what I've got. Mm. Uh, but I've really never been like that. When people believe in me, that's when I perform my best. Brittany, what I've seen very strongly with literally every person that Um, has ever been kind of subjected to this is like if people are getting lots of compliments and they're getting really recognized they're just performing leaps and bounds better and better and better and better it's like this big like yeah like a big horse like taking enormous step what the hell am I talking about I'm trying to I'm trying to really emphasize the idea of like leaps and bounds that you get from this idea of being like I am valued I'm recognized. People think I'm smart. Yeah. Like that just gives you so much momentum. Yeah. Because I know I've been that person. Yeah, it does. It so guys, does. fucking be nice, nice to each other. Okay. Yeah. Give a compliment or two, mm. you know, mm. um, this week I have to say, Penny, I've been cycling to work every day. And although usually what I do is listen to a nice little podcast or even like some like nice music, which I Mm. enjoy sometimes Mm -hmm. too, if I'm like not in the mood to actually listen to the speaking. But (laughs) this week I've been completely, uh, silent, silent. I mean, obviously I'm hearing things around me. Very zen. I'm, I'm being, uh, ultra zen. Brittany is the person you're talking to right now. And I have to say that it's been really nice 
like just a little break from listening to something, trying to learn something, you know, laughing at something constantly, like actually having a little, and, and my, my, my cycle ride is like 25 minutes. Yeah. Right. So it's like a nice little chunk it's of time. It's not insignificant. It's not like, I mean, a lot of people we work with is like they cycle and it's like seven minutes, you know? So it's like, that yeah. doesn't really matter. Yeah. But like 25 minutes is mm. a good amount of time to not. And, and honestly, the times, like when I come up with my best ideas, whether it comes to like to work or um, uh, like stand-up material when I'm writing, Mm. it's always when I'm like on my bike on my Mm -hmm. way somewhere. Mm -hmm. And, you know, or like I see something that I'm like, that's funny, Mm. you know? Like today actually, on my way here, uh, riding my bike home after work, I was like, um, I was on my bike and I have this, um, anybody who follows me on Instagram will know I have a helmet that looks like a watermelon, okay? (laughs) My helmet is. Oh, for fuck's sake! It's a watermelon. Brittany looks so stupidly it's cute so with this stupid. watermelon on her head. It's like it's just the icing on the Brittany cake. <laughs> it's too much. It's full derp. When I when I when I got it, I honestly was like, "Is it too much?" You know, like it, it, it is. Might so be. that's the good thing about it. Yeah, but the problem is, so I'm cycling home from work, right? And this car. Um, and by the way, I'm a very good defensive driver. Like right. I'm very aware. Um, I'm always watching. Like I always say this because people are always very like people from Canada are mm. very worried about people who cycle because it's like it's oh, just yeah. a little more dangerous. Oh, yeah, I mean not. in Australia, Australians go out of the way their way to like murder cyclists. They right. hate them. They're yes. very aggressive. Whereas here, it's like if you're on the road as a as a cyclist. The cars will go so far around you. They're on the other side of the road. Yeah. You know, like it's very safe. It's totally. hyper safe to yeah. cycle here. But I will say that on my way here, I was cycling and this car uh, was making a left turn so that it was kind of like turning into me kind of thing. And it just turned like I wasn't going super fast, so it was fine because I could stop. But it just turned directly in front of me Outrageous. and completely cut me off. And and I was like, and I on my bike, my like blue little bike that has a basket and I was wearing my watermelon helmet. <laughs> And I was hard like, to be taken seriously. It's hard. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. I was like, God, I mean, you can't really get angry when you're hey, on this kind of bike. Hey, fella. <laughs> you watermelon's upset. You watch it out there. Watch it over there. Oh, man. It was it was really funny because so I got like kind of angry and I kind of did that thing where you throw one hand up in the air like, <sighs> what are you thinking? Yeah. And then I kept driving and I was like, oh, they're probably like. Who is this? What crazy, is this watermelon? Who is this crazy bitch. Yeah. Oh, so so anyway, it was quite funny. Um anyway, yeah. So I'm I'm really enjoying my silent uh brainstorming cycles. Yeah, and actually I uh a, a while ago, I think this is really sad, but I think my phone was out of battery or my ear pods were out of battery. Right. And so I went somewhere without music or a podcast. Mm-hmm. And I was like, God, I really like I have filled every gap of boredom in my life with content and I really need to stop doing that because it doesn't give you any space for, and you know, like I'm sure uh, some of our listeners will be like this, but I was listening to podcasts like in the shower, you know, like all of my time is filled up by noise. Um, and that doesn't give you a lot of time to think, guys. It really doesn't. Um, so I've been really – now I I know podcasts in the shower. 
and I try to like just tune out Every for a now little and again, bit. Take a walk without yeah. earphones in. Yeah. So important. Yeah. Listen to the tweeting birds. Listen Ooh, to look the, at the little flowers. Oh, the, ba- the birds the are flowers. a delight this time of oh, year. Are they so cute? They're, they're like. Cute. I wonder what they're saying. I want to know. There's this one particular bird that comes and sits near our house. When the sun comes up, he's like chatting away. Yeah. And then when the sun goes down, I'm like. You have a whole schedule. He's got a thing going on. I mean, any bird experts, let us know. (laughs) Tell us because I'm dying to know. Like when they chirp to each other, are they just like signet? Like, like are they actually having a conversation? Oh, for sure. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. It's the cutest thing. I love that. I love animals talking. It's the best. Mm. And interspecies friendships. Okay, let's get into question number one, yeah, shall we? Yeah, let's do that. All right, I'll read this one. Uh, hello. My question is, I very recently started as a contractor at a large global company in the payments industry. I'm a designer by trade and I really love it there so far. It's really great. It's a really great opportunity for me and I really don't want to blow it. I would like to move into a permanent position, which may well happen if I get on well over the next year. The thing is, I suffer a bit from imposter syndrome and lack a bit of self-confidence even after 20 years in the business. I know, right? Do you have any thoughts on how I can present myself best and really nail this opportunity? Thanks, Luke. That's his pseudonym. Oh, so cute. (laughs) I love that you've got imposter syndrome. I feel like... After 20 years. This is so great because I literally, I I talk about this all the time with people. Mm. Everybody has this going on. Except for the people that don't have it are probably the people that should have it the most, don't you think? Okay, so here's the thing that I always talk about. Mm -hmm. And I think is so, like when I say this, I'm like, it's absolutely true. So I think that the more intelligent you are, the more you're going to have imposter syndrome. Oh, totally. Because the more you know. And the less confident you are. Right. The more you know. Hence me being extremely (laughs) confident. Extremely, outrageously confident. But that's the thing, right? We have limited abilities. The more that you actually know, the more you know what you don't know. Mm. And that is alarming. Yeah. Because there's a lot to know. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah, yeah, I totally agree with that. Um, uh, uh, It's interesting because um, I'm sorry to talk about myself, but I think people find me alarmingly confident. Mm -hmm. But in reality, I know that I'm good at like, three or four things and I'm very bad at everything else and I just choose to focus on those three or four things that's really smart you know what I mean I'm like fuck those other things I'm not good at it's very hard to become good at those things yeah I can't do maths I'm very stupid with directions I'm very bad at a lot of things but if you just like really hone in on what you are good at and what people tell you repetitively you're so good at this then you start to feel really good about yourself. Yeah. Maybe a little too good about yourself. No, I think that's so important. I think that's, I mean, when I remember when I first met you, that is exactly what I thought. I was like, this woman is extremely confident. She's really good at what she does. And like, holy smokes, Mm. you know, let's watch out. Um, And that's a really, no, but that's such a good point to make. It's a fucking tip. That like, yeah, literally just just know know what you're good at and know what you don't know. Yeah. And that's a really great place to start. I think that like imposter syndrome is such a, 
I mean, starting in a new job, obviously you're going to have a bit of imposter syndrome, right? Mm. Like that's kind of a classic. For you're sure, like, yeah. you know, and, um, cause you're fudging a little bit. You're like secretly sure. Googling things yes. when someone's like, my big one was always like when someone was like, oh, can you write a business plan? And you're like, yeah, sure. Of course. And then you quickly Google what the fuck is a business plan and like stuff like that. I literally Googled something this week where in a meeting someone was like, we're going to do a blah, blah, blah. (laughs) And I was like, yes, of course. And they were like, Brittany, do you know what? And I was like, yes. Yes, I do now. And I literally Googled like while we were in the meeting and looked it up. And I'm not going to say what it was. The first thing I want you to think about And I saw a tweet about this the other day and I really wish I'd screenshotted it or something. I might have retweeted it. Who knows? (laughs) But there are so many actual imposters out there. For example, like Silicon Valley founders, they're running companies at 35 or people that have literally blagged their way into jobs or people without degrees. Like, for example, um, I don't have a business degree. I don't have any kind of degree. And lots of people don't know that. So I often feel like, I'm literally, there's something I'm not telling people and they could find me out at any time. And that's fine. But like, it doesn't actually, none of this actually matters. No. Um, exactly. What is an imposter? It doesn't mean anything. And there's the great thing about the place that we're in, in time is that there's no such thing as being completely qualified anymore. Everything's changing and moving so fast, mm-hmm. especially in design. Um, because you mentioned being a designer, I think. Yeah. Yeah, you did. Um, that like it, you know, like nobody is a hundred percent perfectly qualified. No, he's not a designer, so we have to cut that out. Designer by trade. Oh fuck! Sorry, buddy. I'm sorry. Fine. I think we should leave that whole bit in. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Amazing. Okay. Oh, it's totally fine. But like, just like take a moment to be like, okay there's probably a bunch of people in my team who are also feeling this insecurity because that's all imposter syndrome is. It's just insecurity. Yeah. So you've got to like shake yourself out of it a little bit. Do you want to say anything about this? I think that one thing that's really, really great um, in terms of like when I feel like I'm like, I'm an imposter, like in my role, it's very um, forward facing. So people see my work all of the time. And I think that that's something like people will come to me and they'll ask me for advice on certain things. And I'm like, I don't know it all. There's Mm. so much more to know that I don't actually know. Mm. And I feel kind of silly giving advice to people where I'm like, well, I don't know what your situation, blah, blah, blah. But the thing is what, what I try to do is always keep like upping my skills, keep trying to learn, making it kind of like a, almost like a regular habit where every day I'm going to like read an article Mm. about my industry, read like, you know, digest, you know, watch a little video where Mm. I'm going to like learn something new about whatever platforms I'm working with or whatever I'm doing. And that way, I think that actually helps me relax a little bit about like what I don't know. Yeah. If I'm, if I'm actually working towards knowing more all the time. Yeah, for sure. And also, I mean, like, let's get really aggressive about this. Like, I think you should actually write down a list of all your proudest achievements over the last couple of years, as well as try to like mentally surface and actually write these down. Some of the good feedback you've received. So like maybe your last boss was like, Hey Luke, you're an indispensable resource to this team. Like Write that the fuck down because like you, you, it's, uh, I'm sure there are statistics around this, but humans always remember negative feedback much more than they remember positive feedback. So just like really start to 
process the information that um, puts you in a good light because like, you know, you got this job for a reason. They've got like, if you're working for a large global company, they've got several stages of interviews. They've got experienced hiring managers. No real uh, frauds are going to get through this system. Exactly. And if they do, that's unlikely and irrelevant as well. So just like focus on the fact that you've been hired for a reason, um, that you probably have a whole bunch of things to offer this team. Um, And yeah, I think your um, advice to keep those kinds of like those compliments and stuff, that's something that we talked about a few episodes mm. ago, but it's so important because anytime that I'm feeling like, oh, I'm shitty at my job. I don't actually know what I'm doing. Oh my God. Right. Like there's so many people who are way better than me. Like, why am I doing this job? I literally go back and I'm like, let's take a look at a couple of nice things people have said about me, about yeah. the work that I do and the value that I provide. And it really, it really puts me in like a full new positive position. Yeah. And it's very hard to be good at your job if you're constantly thinking that you're not. So you need to work, do everything you can, do whatever it takes to convince yourself that you are good at your job. A hundred percent. And I know like earlier in the episode, we mentioned that you should really focus on what you're really good at. But um, actually something that I love to do um, and something that we do a lot at AJ and Smart is if you find something that you're not a hundred percent confident with, or you'd like to learn more about, can you turn that into kind of a community activity? So for example, you know, maybe you're wanting to learn more about voice design. Um, can you send a Slack message out to your colleagues and be like, hey, what's up? Um, I really want to learn more about voice. Um, here's an article that I read recently. Does anyone else have anything? So like bring other people into it because yeah. collaboration and sharing of resources is a great way for you to um, skill up and also connect with your coworkers because what's happening right now is you're really going deep into your your own brain and yeah. not realizing that probably everyone around you feels yeah. just as insecure as you do. So try and connect with them on that. And the more that you kind of uh, work with them and kind of like handhold through this process, um, I think the better you'll feel about this whole thing. It's just a mindset shift. I totally. Think. This is so interesting because actually I think that this whole imposter syndrome thing is sometimes like a very big kind of like cultural, like it's a, it's a cultural thing, Mm. right? Like, um, for instance, um, Americans are very outward about their skills. Mm. They're super salesy. They love to kind of, they're a little excellent self promoters. They're, they're self promoters, right? If you come, if, if an, an American moves to Germany and acts like that, Germans will be like that. They'll be oh, outraged. Yeah, I mean, not only will they be outraged, but they'll also probably be like, "Oh wow, this person is, is amazing. It's probably incredible." Yeah, because Germans would not talk about themselves like that. Yeah, they're yeah. much more reserved. They would always be a little bit more wary about actually being so open yeah. about how good they are at something. Yeah, totally. So that's really something worth considering as well. Is like in certain places in the world, you're going to have different like levels of, and you might be seeing a lot of, um, American, maybe you're following a lot of Americans, mm. you know what I mean? Mm. On social media or LinkedIn or whatever it is. And you're seeing, Oh my God, they're amazing. They're amazing. They're amazing. They're probably not as amazing as they're making themselves out to be. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Um, I actually, I mean, like to, to me, the difference between an amazing team member and an average one 
is just engagement. Like how actively are you engaging with this project? How much extra oomph are you bringing to it? Like are you like kind of, uh, yeah, just being really proactive and, yeah. So maybe that's just the difference, like trying to bring a little bit more to the table in terms of how involved you are. Bring a little bit more oomph. Oomph. We're on to question number two, Penny. Great. Want to take this one? Oh, I have to read again. (laughs) And I never bring my glasses. Okay. Hi, Penny and Britt. Love the show. I'm a senior level professional working in a medium-sized consultancy. I'm passionate about my job, love learning, and get good results. The thing is, I'm a short lady who is quite introverted. I'd really like to get into management and have done lots of work to start getting more involved in management level projects and conversations. I'm trying really hard to be noticed as someone who could be a leader, but I just don't look and sound the way the other leaders in our companies do, i.e. white, tall, male, and wearing a suit. How do I make it clear that I want to take on this challenge? Just because I'm an introvert doesn't mean I'm not suited to management. I have a lot of good ideas and the wherewithal to carry these out. It's my time to shine. Any advice would be wonderful. Thanks so much, Linda. So cute, Linda. I've just got this like image of you in my mind as being this tiny little Linda in a room of tall men because I, I, um, in my last job, I used to wear heels every day because all of the clients that I dealt with were men and they were all taller than me and I just felt like I was like, leaning Tiny. upwards to try and see them That's funny. and I couldn't look them in the eye because of the height issue it is a thing you should like always sit down for your meetings mm. <laughs> right like why don't you take a seat and oh we'll totally yeah. yeah that's really funny I mean this is a really um great question because leaders are come in all shapes and sizes of course they do and yeah. they're all all amounts of introvert and extrovert and actually it's so interesting because I think that this whole like the extroverts, God, they really, I mean, we're both extroverts, so mm. we're we're lucky mm. because we just get noticed easier. Yeah, life is just, society is geared towards intro, uh, extroverts, extroverts, I think. Exactly. Um, so what I think you should actually do, Linda, is really play into your introvertedness. Mm-hmm. And that means actually bringing ideas to the table that will actually kind of uh, lend their hand to other introverts. Um, so in terms of like being a leader, obviously you want to like push the agenda. You want to like bring people together to come up with solutions. Um, I say that you use some workshops that are actually geared towards um, introverted people. Yeah, totally. So, I love mean, that idea. There's tons of things you can do where you actually will like work silently, which will be great for introverts and for yourself, where you will come up with extra or extra where you will come up with really great ideas and everyone will be heard and you can really kind of like push the introverted agenda Mm. you know what I mean Mm. um we'll put a link to um some nice workshops that might be really helpful for you in the show notes um but I would really say that you should just lean in to the fact that you're an introvert oh totally um I think this idea that a leader can only be this loud sort of uh, charismatic person, yeah. um, that's total bullshit. Um, we can definitely do with different types of people um, and diversity can only be a good thing in the workplace. So um, just kind of believe in that. Um, 
But then practically speaking, I think you need to figure out who it is that you need to tell that you want to get into management um, and tell them. Because uh, a lot of the time, if you're not aggressively pushing that um, idea, then people obviously they're tied up in their own lives and someone else who is aggressively pushing the idea will get the promotion that you really wanted. So make sure that you are, um, whether it's your manager or someone, you know, a team lead or whatever, make sure you're saying, Hey, listen, um, I actually have been really thinking about the fact that I would love to lead lead this team. Um, can you think of, can we maybe come up with uh, a roadmap of how that might happen or, mm. and here's my ideas for how I would do it, blah, blah, blah. So first of all, just about identifying that opportunity with uh, whoever needs to know so that they can make that decision when the time comes. The other thing is um, a lot of people talk about mentors. That's great but also when you're actually trying to get a specific goal, achieve a specific goal within a company, you actually need sponsorship. Um, So that means like one person who is actively trying to help you to get that goal. Um, And this has been a big topic of conversation in the diversity space, but also like um, just be like, hey, I really need you to support me in getting this particular promotion. Um, The other thing is like, it's good to always make sure that when you're showing your value and your ideas, um, even though you're an introvert, you can still make sure that you're doing this in public situations. So if there's like a weekly work in progress meeting or a town hall or something like that, that's the time to, you know, really showcase your value right there so that everybody sees it and everybody's like, oh shit, Linda's like, she's on fire. She's got some great ideas. She's got some great initiatives, et cetera, et cetera. And make sure you like also are doing the things that you're comfortable with. So if you think that you would be better suited to putting your, you know, the idea that you want to be a manager forward in a one-on-one situation, that's fine. That Mm. can be a good start, right? Then you can kind of take some small steps into the point where you might be comfortable enough being at, you know, the town hall and saying like, Hey everybody, um, I have some really like interesting ideas that I want to share with you. Mm. And like, I think that that's important as an introvert is just like getting used to the fact that actually in order to be seen as a leader, you will have to work at it a little bit Mm. and, you know, kind of step out of your comfort zone a little bit. Like you really will have to, unfortunately, because of the world that we live in. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and this is a really interesting point because, um, I think as an introvert, what you're also going to need to do is like show your colleagues. So these are the people who you might be managing in a future scenario, show them how you can be a manager in a one-on-one situation. Yeah. So for example, like if Brittany, let's say I'm you, Linda, if Brittany came to me and she said, "Mm, I'm having this problem, blah, blah, blah. This is your time to practice. How would a manager deal with this? Would they um, recommend that Brittany have a chat to her colleague about this problem she's having? Would they recommend that Brittany does some training? Would they recommend, like, what would a manager do? So really get that support from your colleagues and get them to trust you in this position so that when it happens, it just feels very natural for them. They're like, oh, of course, like she's been helping with with my shit for like the last six months. <laughs> totally. I think that that's such a good point. And like actually thinking about the fact that it's like, okay, if you see something happening, 
what would a manager do? A manager might actually give some feet, some timely feedback mm-hmm. to this person. Yeah. And even if it's not your direct report, you can still deliver feedback in a way that it 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 is constructive and helpful, but also you're showcasing your abilities to lead and manage 100%, a hundred percent. Yeah. Um, so I think that's really a, like an excellent point is you just starting to behave like a manager will then show everyone mm, your what you're capable of exactly go linda go linda yeah yahoo So our resource for the week, thank you so much for listening to the whole entire episode. Um, So basically, as we were talking about before, it's super important for high-performing teams to have lovely, cushy, psychological safety. It seems like, honest to God, I reckon there's going to be old men out there calling us snowflakes as we speak because we're talking (laughs) about psychological safety, but fuck them. Fuck them. They're about to retire and we're still here. Ah, I love that. So we're going to share a cute little article with you um, so that you can kind of start to think about how you might create this environment of abundance within your team. Thank you so much for listening. We love you. We love you. Please rate and review this podcast. That would be amazing. Also just write us random letters about anything. 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 We love an email. Ah. It's the best. It's literally the best It gives us the jingles. Yeah. So if you have a question as well, obviously email us um, and you will find the email in our show notes. Anyway, we hope you have a wonderful week. Thanks for listening. Thanks so much. Bye. Bye.